This podcast is produced by Morley Radio. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Powered by You. My name is Zeno and I'm your host. And this is a community-based podcast that will be used as a platform to raise awareness and talk about social impacts and local trends that actually have an influence on our everyday lives. Good morning and welcome to the second episode of Powered by You. My name is Zeno and I'm your host. For today's episode, we'll be talking about the alternatives to higher education and what that currently looks like since the COVID pandemic took place. Today, I'm here with Ishmael, who's a local member of the community. Yeah, hi, Zeno. Thanks for having me. And we have David, who's a careers advisor for Morley College. And thanks for having me. Yeah. Great. So where shall we start with this topic? I think personally, we need to ask ourselves, what is the main reason behind people not wanting to go to university in the first place? Sure. Certainly from what I hear from students, the major stumbling block is the enormous investment that's required. I mean, if someone is studying a three-year degree, they will be looking at over £9,000 per year, and that is just in fees. So understandably, it can be daunting for some people, especially, I believe, if they've grown up in a family that has maybe struggled with finances. The idea of taking on debt is not attractive, for, in particular for that cohort of students from what I've gathered over the years, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. What do you think, Ishmael? I actually have a completely different opinion on the matter. I think that the main reason why a lot of people aren't going to university these days is because it's just not particularly maybe the best path anymore. It used to be like, you know, it used to be the kind of thing that that's what you do. You go to university and then you move on and you get a good job. But these days, I I don't think you need it, to be honest with you. It's something where I think that, well, personally, from my experience, because I'm, my career is I'm a graphic designer. So for me, it's a lot more based on experience and what you know, what you don't know. A lot of the times, if you go on Indeed, LinkedIn or whatever, a lot of the times, like it says that, you know, uh, on the requirements for the, the job role, it says preferred if you could have a degree, but not necessary, or you could have the relevant experience that you would have gotten from there. So that's, it's something where, you know, you could go into the real world, earn money and have that experience or go to university. And like David was saying, get that debt and you don't have any real world experience. So I think it's more about it just not being as necessary as it used to be. Mm, yeah, I understand. So what was your personal experience? Did you go to uni for graphic design? I did, yeah. But for me... Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what? Good I one. Say it, I, say it, I say it, but do you know what the thing is for me is that I went to university late in my life. I'm, I'm 27 years old and I only just graduated about six months ago. So, and I did the, the normal three years bachelor degree. And so that means I started when I was 24. Yeah, 24, 25, 26. Yeah, so I graduated when I was 26. And 
for me, I had a career before that. I was an estate agent. So I was selling houses and my, my career path was sales. And, you know, I had, I was, I was, I was a successful salesman and I was doing well in my career, but I wasn't particularly happy. So I decided that I wanted to, you know, kind of find myself again. I quit and I thought to myself, when was I last happy? And in school, I always did, you know, art and design and artistic things. And then I started looking at jobs that said, you need either the three years of experience or the degree. And I thought, I don't have either. And then I started, and do you know what? It was like, it was like it was meant to be because I applied for university and on, I think it was on a Wednesday, on the Friday I was accepted and on the Monday I was in, I was in class. So it was like, it was just meant to happen for me. And I don't regret it. I enjoyed myself there, but now I have about 55,000 pound debt. So I'm like, was it worth it in the long run? I don't regret it, but I'm like, it's a lot of debt and you know, it's, it's there. It's always going to be there. I need to be earning, I think it was, I checked the last time, I think it was 27,000 pound a year before you even start repaying that debt. They don't, the government won't take that money from you until you earn that much money. So if you could go back in time, would you still do the same thing? Do you know what? It's, it's hard to answer because my experience in university was affected greatly by COVID because... When I started, it was 2018, September, and COVID started in early 2020, right? Yeah, correct. So I had a year and a half, literally 50% of my time in university Mm -hmm. was your standard, you know, you go into university, Mm -hmm. you're with your friends and you're Mm -hmm. studying and everything. And the other 50%, the other 50%, I was at home. I was studying from home. The studying from home was terrible. It was horrible. I was, so it's like I'm paying nine grand a year. I don't get the resources that I need. They tried to accommodate you, but you know, you need to be in, you need to be in the university. I don't have access to any of the machines and I have access to the library. I think I actually, somebody actually went into the library and sent me a picture and all of the books were gated off. You weren't able to get any books. So I was like, what am I paying nine and a half grand for? I'm not getting any of the resources I need. I'm not getting the the time of my tutors. I think a week I was getting maybe 15 minutes with my tutor. And I'm on my final year. This is my this is the make or break. Mm, and so I just wasn't getting the attention I needed. So in other words you're saying it was money not well spent for the last for the last year. The last year definitely not. The first year I enjoyed myself and yeah, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't take it back. Okay, fair enough. So that would open us to, to the question, what are the alternatives to higher education? Those who are aged, let's say 18 to 30 years old. Okay, so I think um, that is that is a natural question to ask after hearing what Ishmael has had to say. But can I just comment on Ishmael's experience before yeah, of course. answering yeah. or addressing that question? I think ultimately, it is a very individual choice as to whether 
university feels right for a particular individual. But I also feel that given the employment market we are in today, which often requires, as you pointed out yourself there, Ishmael, often the ideal is that you have a degree if you're entering into a profession, although experience is expected as well. So if you've got both, it's a magic combination. You are the prime candidate they are looking for. So I don't think it's one or the other. For me, I would suggest that if you have the ability and you have the sufficient commitment to those three years, could be four years, depending on the course or whether or not you have a placement in there somewhere. For you to think about this, see this as an investment in yourself. So I think although debt can be daunting and for anybody that can be daunting and I'm delighted to hear Ishmael say that he has no regrets because ultimately he is in a stronger position in terms of his employability now because he'll he'll have the qualification and some experience to back that qualification up that is a winning combination. So although it's not for everybody, and as you rightly posed that question, what are the alternatives? Because clearly university isn't for everybody for a number of different reasons, and it's not the same route for everybody into employment and into certain professions. Certain professions, just be aware, do still require a degree. It is not an option to skip that step. If you want to become a doctor, you must have a degree. If you want to become a teacher who teaches within a state school, you must have a degree. It's, it's important to please do the research. If you are thinking long-term about your career goals, but recognize that you will need a degree in order to achieve those goals, then really, I feel that you owe it to yourself to do everything in your power to rise to that challenge. Mm -hmm. Where you are thinking of a career that doesn't necessitate a degree, the alternatives would be an apprenticeship. And there are now degree apprenticeships as well. So that's an important option. And it's a recent option that the government have brought on board. So you are still going to end up with a qualification, but... Essentially, it will take you longer, but you will be earning a salary in the meantime, and you won't have the sort of debt <coughs> that Ishmael mentioned <laughs> mm, yeah. to contend with. Please be aware, though, that some of those subjects that you may wish to study may not be available at degree level. When you check it out, a lot of those degree options tend to be in subjects such as um, science subjects, very popular. <clears throat> Economics is another one. And you may want to go down that route. So you're a careers advisor. And yeah. my question to you is, how would, where would you signpost 
students that don't want to go to university or are still unsure, they're still trying to find out their options, do you direct them to any specific website or I don't know how it would work? Sure. Certainly, <clears throat> if you're looking at the apprenticeship route, then the National Apprenticeship Service is the first place to check out those options. Other websites such as UCAS offer information around apprenticeships as well, but they're often gathering a lot of that information from the National Career Service. So I think National Career Service is the first stop and uh, hopefully those links will be available later uh, at the bottom of this podcast. When the it description link, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Zeno. And also, I would suggest that if you have somewhere specifically in mind that you would like to work, such as the BBC or Channel 4, they've got some amazing apprenticeships available geared specifically to young people who are starting out in the industry. There is a application slot, so you have to keep your eyes peeled for when that becomes available. But anyone who's interested in the media, 100%, now's the time to start looking at that website. You can sign up, register with them and and get be the first to get the, the post when they open up. Okay. for those opportunities yeah how would you say the world has changed in terms of careers due to the pandemic everything moving online um do you see it as a positive or a negative from your point of view good good uh, another great question i would say that in every experience be it negative at the time be it positive at the time Hopefully, we are learning more about ourselves and how we can respond and adapt to the circumstances. And I feel that comes back to the relationship you have with yourself and developing that relationship. So therefore, the pandemic has been scary. It's been difficult. It's had its serious challenges for many, many families. But in terms of careers, I feel that it has opened up the options for online working and some students I know have been able to come into college whilst also being able to manage a very, let's say, challenging home life because they've had the possibility of working online some of the time. So would you say it's been easy, it's easier to get a, a job or would it be harder because it's online? your destination, let's say your location doesn't really matter because you'll be at home. As long as you're connected to the internet, you've got yeah. VPN, yeah. Um, you can you could work essentially from- Anywhere in the any, world. Yeah, so that sounds That's great. But then again, if you seen an application online mm -hmm. and you see how many people have applied to that job, you might see pre-pandemic, it would be just, let's say a hundred, for example, we're just saying a hundred people. Yeah. Then, during the pandemic, everything has moved online, which opens up the gate for everyone. So you probably see a thousand applications. For that so, same position. <laughs> exactly. True. So that would True. just increase your competition. So True. I don't, like you said, there's pros and cons, but which outweighs the other? Sure. That I feel is a more complex question than what it sounds, because if it's the right opportunity for you as an individual, I believe it will happen for you. 
And I think that's why it's really important to take control of what you have control of and essentially make sure you have a great CV. Make sure that you've done your research around the job that you are saying you really want and make sure that you've used opportunities to deepen your insight into that business or that industry or that arena so that you are confident that you'll be able to perform well at that interview or assessment, however they decide to take people on. Normally it will be an interview though, and it could be a more than one interview as well. Okay, that makes sense. You work with students majority of the time uh, across both sites, Chelsea and North Ken. Yeah. What are the points that young people, young adults need to work on? Like you said, interviews, skills, is that something that is a concern for you or is it all right? What's your opinion on that? Or even trying to build a CV, you get some people who are, uh, that have different skill sets. Is it appropriate for them to have different skills that don't link to that job on that CV? Or would you recommend to have two separate CVs or three separate CVs according to the job application you're gonna put forward or even internship in that case? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say whatever the position you're applying for, be it an, as you quite rightly point out, it could be an internship, it could be for work experience, it could be for an actual job. Whatever the scenario, even if you're applying for university, they still expect you to have an understanding of what you bring to the table. And that's what a CV really provides the employer, a quick view of your essential skills, your qualities and your attributes. And then straight away, they can assess whether or not you're going to or likely to be a good fit for them. So at all times, I I suggest to students, please do the work on yourself by thinking around these three areas. What are the skills that I have developed over my period of study in school or college? What are the qualities that come to me naturally that help to make me stand out from the crowd? What's unique about me? And thirdly, are there any other attributes that pertain to the job? But there are some key attributes that every employer or every university or every trainer will be looking for. And that is your ability to work well, both independently and with others. So teamwork is, is, is important to develop. And if they're a student here at Morley, I would, I would strongly suggest they take every opportunity to work with their classmates, yeah. Okay, that's that's important to take away. I've got just so many questions going on right now. Um, I'll just start with just saying, for for example, Ishmael mentioned that he was looking to do graphic design mm-hmm. and he found out the options were either he goes to university, mm-hmm. gains a degree, or if he just wants to get employment, he needs work experience. Yeah. If someone does not want to go to university and they want to just carry on with just gaining employment in that specific field, yeah how would they gain the experience? Because every employer tends to say you would need X amount of experience for us to take you on board. But if you're starting from square one, what would you advise that person or that individual to do? Brilliant. Ideally, I would say whether you're on a course or whether you are just thinking about next steps, 
please look for some work experience. It is a lot easier to gain work experience within a sector that you're interested in if you're willing to work without being paid. So you can expect to work for free, but the experience is what is of value. And that may include working for a voluntary organization. That may include working um, with a number of organizations that have traineeships that don't necessarily pay, but they will cover maybe lunch and travel. We have a important voluntary center here in the community. And I, again, will be passing those links on. Voluntary positions are also a great way to meet new people. There's so many advantages and you're making a contribution. So I would always say, get the experience whilst you have the opportunity, because once you are say at university, for example, there are times when study, I have an experience it myself, can be very intense and it can be very hard to balance work with study. So just think about making space for it. It, it may be just during a break, during a summer holiday, during an Easter break, but get the experience. Once you then have something to put on your CV, you can build on that going forward. What would you say is a good amount of work experience to have? Is it three months? Is it six months? Is it a week? Because a week is just the bare minimum, I think, that they yeah. make you do at college yeah. to get module sign-off, I believe. Um, but if you're trying to get employment in the real world, what is the recommended duration to have on your CV? For me, when I was looking at jobs, it was saying the relevant experience that you'd need would be the equivalent of if you went to university. So they were looking for the three years of experience, two, two to three years of experience. But I also had a question that I wanted to ask you, David, because you were talking about, when, when Zena asked you the last question about um, what would somebody do if they didn't want to go to university? Now, your answer was purely based off someone who is still like 18 years old, still like a student. My experience was, you know, I had already left. I was working sure. and you know I did end up going to university like I said I don't regret it but what would you have recommended for someone who was in my experience in my, my age bracket yeah in my age bracket somebody who you know they're already working they don't have the relevant experience they need and yeah. they want to get a job they don't want to go back to university because because yeah. for me I almost feel like I took a bunch of steps backwards in life yes because you know I was earning money I had you know, I had the car, I had everything. Yeah. And then I gave it all up. And sure. then I just went back to university. Yeah. Now I'm building myself up again. Sure. So what would you recommend somebody who is that age group? Great, great question. And I think it connects really well with what Zeno asked me earlier about the pandemic and the pros and the cons that may have come out of our experiences thus far. Um, and for a lot of people, that has been a time for soul searching and making career changes and thinking, actually, uh, this is not me anymore, or maybe this job wasn't them in the first place. Maybe it was all about making money. So again, I was really pleased to hear that you made that choice to go with your gut 
or your heart or both, as opposed to just thinking about the money. And for someone in that bracket, we are in an era where it is unusual for someone to stay in the same job throughout their whole life in effect. And so being adaptable is super important. And these days, opportunities such as apprenticeships are open to all age groups. It used to be that, and and I guess there's still that kind of stereotype around it. It used to be that it was viewed as something only for school leavers. These days, apprenticeships are open for everybody of every age group, as long as you fit the criteria. And I would say that it is well worth stepping back if you need to step back in order to move forward. Sometimes the path is not straight and we do need to be adaptable. And I would just say, go for the apprenticeships if you feel that's the right route for you. Gain the voluntary work in the area you wish to move into. If that is your dream job, you will work and um, you will sacrifice in order to get to where you need to be. So it's worth the sacrifice of working for for nothing, but you're working for you ultimately for your dream. That's so it's not it may be working without the money, but you're working for a reward and the reward being self-knowledge and and a better fit for you which is what I'm hearing from you, Ishmael. Yeah, I mean, I um, like I've said it before, many times I'll say it again, I, I don't regret it. I'm in a much better place, both mentally and physically, yeah. than when I was when I was working as an estate agent. Yeah. When I was an estate agent, you know, you work long hours, you're running around London all the time. You know, I was gaining weight because, you know, I don't have the time to, to go to the gym and eat healthy anymore. And, you know, it took its toll on me mentally and physically. And when I left, I felt like, you know, they say it loads of times, but you don't really understand it until you feel it, but you feel like a huge burden off your shoulders. You feel more free. Yeah. And that's what I feel now. And I'm happy for it. Yeah. Okay, great. Just I want to bring back the point where David was saying, you have to follow your heart and your gut instinct. Uh, If you're unhappy, change it. You know, you've got to sacrifice. Um, But I think you're, someone would be quite fortunate to have that instinct or that drive towards a goal that they see. But my question is, what if someone is genuinely unsure about what they want or where they want to be in uh, in terms of career? Sure. Then I would be suggesting they book in and come and see me if they can do that. I would also be suggesting that they use some really helpful websites. One being the National Career Service where they'll have a skills assessment and you can start the work that I spoke about, which is to to drill down and think, right, what what skills have I got to date? What have I worked on that I'm confident in? And where can I develop further? Think about the qualities that you have. Um, Again, what makes you unique? What makes you stand out? And think about other attributes that you have that contribute to this new direction you want to go in and take every opportunity to develop. If you can't afford it, there's another website called Future Learn, which is offering a number of free courses that anybody can access as long as you've got internet. And that uh, that's accessed by professionals as well as people who are just starting out in a certain arena. So... I think where there's a will, there's a way. And when I 
also talk to people about doing the work on themselves by taking the time out to think what do I what what really sings to my heart what really speaks to me what really resonates with the person that I am the closer you get to that then the more reward I believe you will get from your next job mm -hmm. I think it's really important when people ask me about should I go for the dream job or go for the money dream job every time because it will be sustainable without you without you um feeling that you're just becoming a workhorse that's true i agree with that but then we've got to look at different situations and scenarios where you get some people who unfortunately do come from a deprived background um and they think at this moment at this moment i need to survive yeah and by doing that they would go for a course that would pay them a good salary for example but that does not necessarily mean they're living a happy lifestyle would what would you what, what would you say what's your opinion on that because it's yeah. either they go follow their dreams yeah. and passions sure and they're not making enough they're barely a, they're just trying to survive really sure. and truly sure um i think typically within the arts there is the stereotype of the starving artist who will do what they need to to survive but they're loving life so Ultimately, <laughs> yeah, <go on. laughs> ultimately, I would say the reality is that we all need a roof over our head and we need to pay the bills. So I would suggest to someone, if you're going to take a job that will do that for you, give you some stability and pay those bills, 100%, let's deal with the reality. Do, do what you need to, but keep an eye on your dreams. Keep an eye on your goals and pursue those in whatever time you, you have in between and make it happen. For a lot, especially, and I'll come back to the creatives. Because we, we currently have so many opportunities within the creative world. And interestingly enough, throughout the pandemic, the arts has been seen as a growth area. So I would say to people, so has working freelance, by the way. I would say to people, although there may appear to be more people working, say, as an engineer or in science who are, and there may appear to be more opportunities to get steady work, the arts is becoming increasingly popular because it sings to a lot of people's true, true natures and their true passions. And I think that's why we're still seeing growth in that area and we'll continue to see growth in that area because although we're becoming more technical as a society, um, machines can't replace creativity. So we need the creatives, we need them on board. And although the road is not always, and you know, this includes you obviously, Ishma, although the road is not always an easy one, um, it it is a rewarding one in many other aspects. And there's a brilliant book called The Artist's Way, which talks about finding your true path in terms of your qualities, your particular path, and being confident in that. And that work you do on yourself in recognizing what you bring to the table, it helps build your confidence. Going forward, when times get hard, 
you do you you find the jobs that you can do we all have other abilities that we can tap into and uh yeah and keep moving forward it's important to feel a sense of progression can i just say that i have a like a completely different experience to answer that question that Zeno just had about you know what if somebody's not sure because you know for me i went to university at the normal time you know i went when i was 17 or 18 because you know i'm born quite late in the year so if i was born like a week later i would have been in the academic year below so i kind of fell into this bracket where when i went to university the first time i didn't actually need to pay for my first year i don't know how it worked but i'm happy it worked out that way sure because i realized that the course that i had chosen wasn't for me i disliked it i hated everything about it and then i dropped out and then i thought to myself you know what do i do now and i went to the ymca and they put me into loads of different things to just experience different things mm-hmm. and i think that was probably the best thing that happened to me because it put me it gave me so much experiences that i kind of thought okay i hate that I hate that I hate that i like that that was okay i might try that and then i kind of just went from there and i went from just like thinking about okay let me just do something and i went to work at mns from there i was a carpenter from there i became a gardener and it was something where you know i liked it but i didn't see myself doing it long term then it was something where i thought let me go and learn a, a trade and something so i went and became an estate agent i learned sales you know i learned to talk to people I could talk to anyone about anything for as long as I need to talk to. I I can keep going until somebody tells me you need to be quiet now. <laughs> sure. So I kind of learned that. And then that was when I kind of decided I want to go back and do the thing that made me happy, which was the arts, graphics. And that was my experience with it because I just got thrown into so many different scenarios, situations that it made me realize it clicked in my head. This is what I want to do. And that's where I am now. Brilliant, brilliant. But it was those situations that that also enabled you to get back in touch with you yourself. Get back in touch with what are the skills, what are the what are the qualities you have, what are the drivers for you that really make you feel inspired and really uh, have a passion for the direction you're going in. So. Again, it's not a one thing fits all. I'm suggesting that there's a variety of ways in which we can establish that better relationship with ourselves. This is what I love about careers. Careers is about self-development. It's about knowing yourself well. And you can accomplish that by actually doing, which is get as much work experience as you can. Brilliant. Alongside study as much as you can, develop your knowledge base, make use of your aptitude for new experience and knowledge. Also, make time to reflect. Just doing, we're not just doing beings, we're human beings, where where we need to stop as well. And we need to reflect and we need time to digest our experience, to think, right, how did that feel? How was that? Is there anything I could have done better? How can I improve? And 
if you're able to um, do that self-reflection, some people need help and guidance with that. And that that's where coming to speak with me may be helpful. That's where going on a website like the National Careers Service may be helpful because they will ask you questions and you can reflect on those questions. If you're someone who's thinking of uni and you're at that stage, I would also suggest going on to Prospects, which is a graduate website, really targeted at drilling down that little bit further for those people who are thinking, I want to become a, a professional and join one of the professions. Go on there. It will ask you some in-depth questions as well around, they have a quiz and they'll ask you similar questions, but more in-depth. And, um, and hopefully you will arrive at a place where you feel confident to make that next step. It may be into voluntary work. It may, into, it may well be into some sort of work experience um, or traineeship, depending on the arena you're looking in. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad you said that because, you know, throughout everything you've said, I was going to say that kind of, I agree to an extent, but it also comes back to me to something where it's like theory versus practice. I feel like, you know, you can the theorize something as much sure. as you want, sure. but then when you actually do it, you sure. might realize that you hate this or you don't have the stomach for it. Sure. So I know, I know somebody who was a, I think she was a chemist or something. And the theory aspect of it, she loved it. Sure. But then when she was actually doing it and mixing the chemicals together, she was like, this is so completely uh, different. I, I yeah. dislike it. And she completely left that yeah. field. Yeah. So she went to university, done it all. Yeah. And like, it was all kind of for nothing at the end. Nothing she... is wasted. It may appear that she wasted her time. However, if she really committed to that experience, I am positive that she will have taken away a set of skills that other and experiences that otherwise she would not have had that will be transferable to something else. And it comes back to a question Zeno asked earlier about people who find themselves looking for something uh, else outside of what they've been doing and it comes back to what you mentioned earlier that the the change you made in direction um, when it comes down to it we need experience as well as theory so it's not one or the other it's not theory versus yeah no I, I completely agree I feel I feel like I yeah. feel like the thing is a lot of people focus on the theory <laughs> and then especially because do you, do you know what I feel I feel like the way that I chose to, like my timeline, because I went to university late, I feel like that worked out quite well because I had experienced loads of things before I decided this was the route for me. Whereas, you know, people are like 18 and they go from not knowing what they want to do with their life at all, not knowing anything about the real world to going and being like, okay, now you need to choose what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Right. <laughs> I think, you know what? I think we're coming we towards the end. We can talk about this for day days. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, we got to call it a day. Any final last points before we wrap it up? Anything you um, want to say, David? I would certainly say that 
whatever road you take, try and use all of your attributes in terms of making that decision. And if you need to change lanes, which clearly a lot of people have decided to do during the pandemic, pre-pandemic, if you decide to change lanes, think about the transferable skills that you have already acquired that may be valuable, super valuable for your next step. And, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll find a really happy marriage between what you've learned and what you're going to commit to on your next step. That's a brilliant end point there. <laughs> there we go. Anything from you, Ishmael, or? I would say before you make any big major decisions, maybe go and explore first. For example, go to like, if you want to do something in particular, maybe go to a place they do that. For example, graphics, go to somewhere that does graphics and talk to someone understand the field before you decide to jump in with everything great great well i think it's been a fantastic <laughs> episode uh, it's been a productive one as well hopefully we'll have many more to come and in the meantime that is it for another episode of powered by you if you did enjoy it please comment below the youtube video drop a like and we we'll hope to see you next time take care thank you for having us thank you